0: It was a, a, a hot, dry day on the Sea of Galilee, far from town, far from the shops, uh, far from civilization for that matter. Jesus has just heard of the death of his friend and cousin, John the Baptist, and he retreats uh, to the wilderness, to a, a deserted place. Uh, This is the kind of place where John the Baptist, where John had cried out, drawing people from their towns and villages with his preaching, a voice crying in the wilderness, his call for repentance, proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. Jesus goes to the wilderness in this moment, this time, uh, sailing to a deserted spot, uh, a good attempt on his part at social distancing. But Jesus does not find the solitude he seeks, for the crowds follow him out from their towns and villages following this miracle worker who has been healing the sick and casting out demons. Jesus, the text says, has compassion uh, and ministers to the crowd there at the side of the sea. And the shadows get long and the day gets late. Uh, send these people away, Jesus' disciples encourage him. Send them away that they can go to their towns and villages and, and find food. Come on, Jesus, the disciples plead. It's getting late. They're going to be hungry. Uh, there's no need to send them away, Jesus replies. You feed them. <laughs> I love that line. I love thinking about the disciples. Uh, They look at one another incredulously, perhaps. Uh, Nevertheless, they go amongst the crowd to take stock. All right, what have we got? Not without some grumbling, perhaps, about logistics and uh, Jesus' impracticality. Uh, Yes, the gospel at times is impractical. After all, the disciples mutter, the wilderness is no place for a meal. Um, their ancestors' exodus journey, years of wilderness wandering, the obvious exception, of course. Of course, God provided directly for the people then. Holy manna raining down from heaven, flocks of of quail and miraculous water appearing on God's command. Uh, Those kinds of things don't happen anymore. I wish Jesus would be reasonable for once. The disciples might have grumbled to each other. They huddle with jesus again and offer him the the meager provisions they have found they hold out five loaves and two fish you see jesus this is all we've got this is all we've got you can't expect us to feed uh, this crowd with this uh, this crowd it, it's larger than your typical village all come out to see you and the wonders that you do how do you expect us to feed them when this is all we've got. Oh, says Jesus, this is all we've got? This will do fine. We've got all we need. Remember this whenever this is all we've got thinking creeps in. Whenever you feel insufficient, like you're not good enough or smart enough, like you don't have enough to offer, when you feel like your church is too small or the conditions of ministry are just not right. Not now. Whenever you lament, this is all I've got, this is all we've got. Remember, if you offer what you've got to Jesus and he blesses it, then all you've got is all you need. Then all you've got is more than enough and Jesus can work with all you've got. Jesus can grow and multiply all you've got. Uh, Jesus can do wonders with all you've got. Uh, I'll have to confess to having a little bit of uh, this is all we've got mentality. Thinking about VBS this summer, Vacation Bible School, without a children and youth director, I thought, how can we do this? This is all we've got. A a Christian ed team who is willing... and as it turned out, capable, and God took what we offered and blessed it, and we had a wonderful VBS this summer um, with everybody rolling up their sleeves and pitching in, and that's how it works when we offer what we've got uh, and offer it to God and Jesus uses it. When it looks like there's no way to feed these crowds out in the middle of the wilderness, Jesus turns, this is all we've got thinking, into we've got all we need. He has the crowd sit down for a meal. He offers the small provision up to God, blesses it and breaks it, and has the disciples start distributing it to the crowd. Now, Matthew does not describe the mechanics of this miracle for us. He does not tell us how this small provision is multiplied so it becomes enough for a large crowd, more than enough With 12 baskets collected afterwards, uh, an abundance of leftovers. Does Jesus just keep breaking off, uh, breaking pieces off of a never diminishing loaf of bread? That would not be outside the realm of possibility for this uh, miracle worker who heals the body and commands nature itself. Another explanation has been suggested, more humble in appearance but I have to say no less uh, supernatural in its essence. Uh, Picture the disciples taking uh, taking bread and fish, meager provisions to the first group of hungry people, seated picnic style on the ground there by the Sea of Galilee. And as they come and offer this humble meal, watch as the first man reaches into his cloak, pulls out what was hidden there, offering what he had held back, Uh, And as they offer bread and fish to him, see him say, Oh, thank you, thank you, uh, but actually I have a little something here. Uh, I I, I forgot. I was saving it for me and and for my family here. But you can have some of it. We'll take what we need and you can take the rest. The disciple, surprised but grateful, moves on to the next group. Now with uh, some tabbouleh to go along with the fish and pita. And See this scenario, watch as it plays out over and over again, here in the wilderness, as all we've got indeed becomes more than enough, and God provides a kind of uh, stone soup miracle in the wilderness. Um, It's one way of reading it, and like I say, some of you may think, well, that's not nearly as impressive as Jesus just breaking bread continuously, but I would argue it's just as supernatural for isn't it all uh, in all of our natures to to hold back and keep what uh, what is saved for us now here's a a modern version of all we've got thinking uh, proving more than enough by God's providence this is a story a modern uh, stone soup type of a miracle that my wife uh, tells The story of what came to be known as Miracle Sunday uh, in the church where she grew up uh, as a child. Uh, The little university town congregation had seen growth and had discerned God calling them to do something new. Uh, Church leadership through prayer and consideration had decided to buy land uh, at the edge of town uh, where land was a little more affordable. They could build a nice new building, a larger church building Uh, But some had wondered, would they have enough to sustain such a move? Would the congregation give generously enough to support this vision? That was the question. So an appeal was made uh, and offering plates were passed through the pews uh, and pledges were invited, uh, gifts were invited as the congregation uh, prayed and sang hymns and choruses. Uh, Pledges and checks and cash were placed in the plates And then they came around to the front when they counted them up. uh, It fell somewhat short of the threshold the congregation had set for themselves. So as the uh, congregation prayed and sang some more, they passed the plates around again. And Joni remembers that she was a child. Uh, She remembers those offering plates being passed multiple times through the congregation that morning until... Uh, purse strings were loosened and convictions solidified so that the last songs they sang that morning were songs of praise and thanksgiving as they had uh, enough to step out in faith and respond to the ways that God was calling them to grow and to do something new. However, that something new didn't turn out to be what that small uh, university town congregation had expected on that miracle Sunday. You see, God took all that they had provided, what they had given, uh, and God blessed it and transformed what they offered. You see, while the church's plan was to buy a field on the edge of town, build a new church building. There, were some, there was some discomfort, which might have explained why the pledges weren't as forthcoming as they had hoped. There was some unease with the idea of leaving downtown and the university area the congregation had always been a part of, uh, where its ministry and witness had always been. They had committed themselves to something new. They had stepped out in faith and offered what they had, towards God's future. But it was only a couple of weeks after that Miracle Sunday uh, that another downtown congregation, a church in decline rather than growth, approached this little university uh, church and offered a building swap. And now because of Miracle Sunday, uh, Joni's little church had the money to buy the larger building being offered. They had the means to make the move and in time came to understand that God had blessed all they had given uh, and provided more than enough, that God had in fact provided a second miracle. In the midst of challenges, we might wonder what God is asking us to do with our meager provisions. Um, But in the face of challenges, we do the same things we always do, uh, that we are asked to do. We offer what we have to God and ask god to bless it and to multiply it and to use it Uh, it takes some radical trust to offer up to god all that we have not holding anything back for a rainy day or for some unforeseen contingency Uh, it takes radical trust to share with others to offer what we have and what we are offering all we've got here and now offering ourselves to others trusting that we have what we need, uh, and that when we have what we need, others will share with us. Others will be there for us to help us if and when we find ourselves in need as well. It goes against our nature to share in this way. And that's why I say it is just a supernatural, (laughs) a miracle uh, to give and to share in this way as well, to think about others without, uh, or with as much priority uh, as we think about ourselves. Uh, this kind of sharing is also supernatural and miraculous. It usually takes one brave, uh, ideal, or generous soul to show the way, to set an example. Uh, a child not jaded or worn down by the world's anxieties. Uh, seeing others who are hungry simply offers what she has. Here, do you want some of mine? A teacher uh, grieving himself and in a need of some serious alone time sees the needs of those around him, and has uh, compassion. His compassion gets the better of him. And instead of sending them away, he cares for them. He touches them. He heals them. A Messiah, moved by love for the world, sets aside his own divinity and comes to walk and live and suffer with you and with me, pouring himself out, going even to the cross and to the grave, giving everything that he has and everything that he is. Uh, just, and just when it appears that uh, he has given all that he's got, God performs a miracle. God multiplies what is possible, and Jesus rises to new life, showing that all God's got is certainly more than enough for you and for me, and for a whole world hungry and hurting in need of food and nourishment, healing, and hope. This is what we've got, all we've got. We offer it to God and ask God to bless it. Uh, We offer it to Jesus, and through Jesus we offer what we've got and what we are to the world. And Jesus says, is that all you've got? That'll do just fine. Thank you very much. Jesus blesses what we offer. Uh, Thanks be to God. The table is set, a table in our wilderness, a table for the world. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.